Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Matthew. Today is episode 777, and we're looking at Matthew chapter 13, verses 36 to 43. Let's read our passage. Then he left the crowds and went into the house. His disciples approached him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He replied, The one who sows the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world. And the good seed, these are the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one. And the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age. And the harvesters are angels. Therefore, just as the weeds are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will gather from his kingdom all who cause sin and those guilty of lawlessness. They will throw them into the blazing furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in their Father's kingdom. Let anyone who has ears listen. This is the Gospel according to Matthew. Matthew is presenting this gospel, this account of the ministry of Jesus, to convince people that Jesus is the promised one of the Old Testament. Jesus is the Messiah. And so he's writing primarily to a Jewish audience to explain something they would understand about the promises of the Old Testament. He's presenting this teaching, preaching, and healing ministry of Jesus. And we're in this section on teaching, this third teaching discourse the parable discourse. And it's these series of eight parables. And they're all about the kingdom of heaven. He began with the parable of the sower. Then his disciples asked him why he spoke in parables. He explained that to them and then gave an explanation to them privately of the parable of the sower. Then he presented the parable of the weeds, or we could call it the parable of the wheat and the tares. Then the parable of the mustard seed and the parable of the leaven. Then Matthew had some comments about Jesus teaching in parables. And now we're in chapter 13, verse 36 through 43. And Jesus is explaining the parable of the weeds to his disciples. Before he explains it, let's go back and look at the parable of the weeds. This is back in chapter 13, verses 24 to 30. We read, he presented another parable to them. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while people were sleeping, his enemy came, sowed weeds among the wheat, and left. When the plants sprouted and produced grain, then the weeds also appeared. The landowner's servants came to him and said, Master, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Then where did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he told them. So do you want us to go and pull them up? The servants asked him. No, he said, when you pull up the weeds, you might also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At harvest time, I'll tell the reapers, gather the weeds first, tie them in bundles to burn them, but collect the wheat in my barn. So this is the explanation. So in verse 36, we read, then he left the crowds and went into the house. His disciples approached him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. So he's been with the crowds. Now remember, he wanted to separate from the crowds. So he got into a boat and moved out a little bit, far enough to separate from the crowds, but enough to where they could hear him teaching. 
And it seems the disciples were with him on the boat because they could speak privately to him. So now he's leaving the crowds and going back to the house. So he went to the house and his disciples there, again, privately, they ask him for an explanation of that parable, the parable of the weeds in the field. Verse 37, he replied, The one who sows the good seed is the son of man. We've seen Jesus describe himself several times as the son of man. But interesting here, he's presenting himself as the sower, the one who sows the good seed. We say, okay, that makes sense. However, as you read through the Old Testament, we see many times God presented as the sower. And when it's talking about the messianic activity to come, that is, the things the Messiah will do, God is still presented as the sower. Example, be looking at Jeremiah 31, 27. Jeremiah says, look, the days are coming. This is the Lord's declaration when I will sow the house of Israel and the house of Judah with the seed of people and the seed of animals. Now, there's several places we see God presented as the sower. Isaiah 61, Ezekiel 36, Hosea 2, Zechariah 10. Others where he's referred to as the planter. Exodus 15, 2 Samuel 7, Isaiah 60, Isaiah 61, Jeremiah 24. Anyway, there's a lot of places where God is given this imagery of the sower, the planter. Here, Jesus is plainly applying that imagery to himself. Now, some say this is one example among many throughout the parables that Jesus gives, not just in Matthew, but the parables in all the Gospels, where Jesus is making this claim to divinity. He is not only the Son of God, but God the Son. And so here he's applying the role of the sower in the end, which the Old Testament says is God, to himself. So the one who sows the good seed is the Son of Man. Verse 38, the field is the world. Now, world can mean three different things. It can mean the planet Earth. It can mean the people of the world. And it can also mean the structures of the world. When it talks about the, the evilness of the world. Here, I think it's just referring to the people of the world, the world population. But this is clearly beyond just Israel. Now, while the disciples themselves, their mission is to go to the Jewish people, the people of God, in that context, clearly throughout the age, the mission expands beyond Israel to the population of the world. Continues, and the good seed, these are the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one. Now, this goes along with what we see throughout the New Testament. There's two kinds of people in the world. Those who are children of God and those who are children of Satan. And either one or the other. Sometimes there's a, a misconception that people are basically neutral until the end. We're all born sinners, separated from God, estranged from God, children of Satan. And it's not until God adopts us that we become children of God. When by faith we're rescued from slavery to sin as children of Satan and become children of God. First John talks about that, that you're, you're either a child of God or a child of the devil. 
two categories of people. In verse 39, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. So the question in the parable was, who put these weeds in with the wheat? And the answer was, an enemy did this. Here, Jesus explained it, that enemy is the devil. He is at odds with God, trying to thwart the plan of God. He continues, the harvest is the end of the age. The end of the age would be the return of Jesus. When we talk about the ages, the thinking up until this point of time was always the present age and the age to come. And that would all happen when the Messiah came. That would end the present age and begin the age to come. There's other names for these ages, but basically the present age and the age to come. But the way it worked out, it didn't work out that way. The, when the Messiah came at his first coming, that didn't end the present age. It began the age to come. And so we see this dual nature of things. You still have the present age, but now you also have the age to come. where You have the kingdom of the world and the kingdom of heaven, both simultaneously in operation. But when Jesus returns at his second coming, that will end the present age. And then the age to come will continue. So you end the kingdom of the world and just have the kingdom of heaven. Now, the time in between his first coming, his second coming, we often call that the end times. So we talk about the end times. When are the end times? Well, the time since Jesus came the first time, but until he comes the second time. Sometimes they call the coming of Jesus his advent. So the time between the first advent and the second advent. So sometimes it's called the inter-advent age. But as he explains it, the harvest occurs at the end of the age. That is when Jesus returns. And the harvesters are angels. Verse 40. Therefore, just as the weeds are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will gather from his kingdom all who cause sin and those guilty of lawlessness. Here's another interesting thing to consider. The Old Testament often has this imagery of a harvest at the end of the age, but God is the director of the harvest. Here, in this explanation, the Son of Man is the director of the harvest. Look at Isaiah 27, verse 12. On that day, the Lord will thresh grain from the Euphrates River as far as the wadi of Egypt, and you, Israelites, will be gathered one by one. So you see this threshing of the grain and the gathering, the imagery of harvest. And this is several places throughout the Old Testament. God is the director of the harvest. Jeremiah 5, Jeremiah 51, Hosea 2, Hosea 6, Joel 3. And so there's, there's several places throughout the Old Testament, the, the idea of the end times harvest, where God is the director of the harvest. Well, here Jesus is saying the Son of Man is the director of the harvest, sending out his angels to his kingdom and gathering the guilty. Verse 42, they will throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. See the judgment of the wicked. 
verse 43, then the righteous will shine like the sun in their father's kingdom. This is the language of Daniel chapter 12, verse 3, where it talks about the, the righteous in the end shining like the sun in the kingdom. Now here we see the father's kingdom, where in verse 41 we saw the son of man, his kingdom. And we shouldn't try to make a distinction there. This is talking about the kingdom of heaven. And it shows further linkage, you know, this deity of Jesus. It's his kingdom. It's the Father's kingdom. And he finishes with, let anyone who has ears listen. That's the same words he used to the crowd at the end of the parable of the sower. And he's just putting a big exclamation point there. This is important. If you have ears, and you do, then you better listen. Listen and hear. Understand what I'm saying. So this is clearly laying out the end times, the judgment of the wicked, the salvation of the righteous, the end of the age, the harvesting. And we see the role of Jesus here as the Son of Man, filling roles that the Old Testament assigned to God and God alone. So takeaways for us here are the two categories of people, children of God and children of the devil. But both exist in the world. And they say, why doesn't God take care of this? Why doesn't God get rid of the wicked? Because the wicked are the ones who become the children of God. Everyone who is a child of God now was once a child of Satan. But because they heard the gospel, responded in faith to the gospel, and repented and were adopted by God, now become children of God. So until he's done with this process, you will have children of God, children of the devil, coexisting on the earth until the end of the age when Jesus returns and there's judgment of the wicked and the full implementation of the kingdom of heaven. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Matthew.